Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. New Orleans is the kind of place that puts a heavy emphasis on things being local and staying local. If there's a choice between a chain store and a local one, or between a po' boy from Domelisi's and a $5 footlong from Subway, you kind of know which one's going to win. So it seems natural that in a city where being a native carries a ton of weight, the preference would be to have your police officers come from New Orleans. At a news conference last week to address the alarming number of officers leaving the NOPD, the mayor of New Orleans, along with the police superintendent, explained the need to get more local recruits for the NOPD. Their premise? A police officer who is from here is less likely to leave the department or New Orleans for another job. Absolutely nothing against my officers who are from out of state. I, I love and appreciate I them. You, and I, cont- <laughs> I continue, we will continue to recruit nationally. However, that is why it is important that we recruit locally. Mm-hmm. Those that have that vested interest mm-hmm. and desire and purpose in staying here. One of the things we heard loud and clear is what the superintendent just said. Our officers want us to focus on recruiting locally time and time again. And I'm thinking about my officer yesterday. So I wish I would have joined sooner. He's one year on the job. There are a lot of advantages to recruiting locally from New Orleans, and that goes for outside of the NOPD, too. New Orleanians will tell you there are nuances to the city's culture, its music, its food, and its people, that if you're not from here, you just won't get it. But maybe that local focus can sometimes alienate people who aren't from here. It's what a former NOPD officer said happened to him. There's certain places you're not going to go on that job. If you're not, if you're not connected to the right people, it doesn't matter you know, if you're the right. I, I interviewed for a couple of spots and I was told, you know, we liked you and we wanted you. However, we were told this is the person. And that's because they're you know, friends with, related to, uh, in the right circle. That's the voice of someone I've been calling George. He doesn't want to use his real name for several reasons. One of them is to make sure the friends he still has working on the force won't catch any grief for what he's saying. I introduced him in the companion story to this one. It was published yesterday. He's one of 10 former and current NOPD officers I've interviewed over the last few weeks. Half of them agreed to have their interviews recorded, and you'll hear from some of them. I wanted to talk to them to get a sense of what's happening within the NOPD that may be causing some officers like George to leave. Before we go any further, though, I want to play something that George said, which I believe is relevant. And I would say everything you're being told in these interviews for this podcast or this broadcast, you know, you're getting it from people who aren't there and you're getting some of this is from people that we've talked to. So there's a, you know, a grain of salt that needs to be taken. 
with everything that you're being told. I think that can also apply to what officers may have recently told the mayor. Let's put some context to all of this. That particular news conference I mentioned in the beginning came after Mayor Latoya Cantrell said she spent the previous week embedded with the NOPD. And that meant showing up to roll calls. 7 a.m., 7 p.m. Started that on Thursday evening and haven't stopped since then. We're doing that full compliment, 7 a.m., 7 p.m. roll call. You could call it a listening tour in which Mayor Cantrell and Police Chief Sean Ferguson spoke with the men and women of the force, asking them what's working, what's not, why are people leaving. Keep in mind, this is happening as NOPD staffing is below 1,000. It's the thinnest the department has been in about 70 years. Ideally, the city would like to have a force of about 1,600. Because of that shortage, average wait times for a police response are about two and a half hours. And sometimes there aren't enough police officers to back up fellow ones when they call for it. There's been plenty of concern, complaints, and questions about the lack of police in New Orleans. And to avoid getting too deep into the criticisms, let's just say a lot of people have been calling on the mayor to do something about the crisis at the NOPD. And perhaps more specifically, do something about the amount of police leaving the department. So when she called that news conference last week, it was like a presentation of the feedback she got from the officers. From listening to them, it's very clear. Nothing at all is off limits nor off the table. So this is our opportunity to go deep and to go deeper. And with resources at our disposal to allow us to go deeper and to bring resolve and real results. So with that, everything absolutely is under review. We have set some short-term goals, some long-term, and some meet some immediate goals that we will speak about this morning. But remember what George said, to take everything with a grain of salt. I think it's worth pointing out that the conversations the mayor had with officers when she was embedded with the NOPD had a boss-employee dynamic. So questions and answers may skew a certain way. The people I interviewed chose to leave or retire from the NOPD, so their views may skew a different direction. That's just reality. I hope by hearing what current officers told the mayor and by hearing what former officers told me, we can get a sense, an idea of what's happening at the NOPD and how it may impact safety on the street. With that said, let's go back to the news conference. When Mayor Cantrell started to read off some of the takeaways from her meetings with the officers, she started with this. Several things that I heard from our officers, and you'll hear more. Officers raised concerns about their personal appearance standards, so whether that is the uniforms. Summer months, we know it's hot. Looking at shorts, looking at baseball caps, looking at materials that allow for air for them to breathe a little bit easier. The issue of beards, fingernail polish, those types of things. And we will be making immediate changes relative to these policies that are in place. About 90 seconds later, the mayor brought up the need for more public support and recognition of officers. I, along with the leadership of the NOPD, realize that, yes, we can do a better job at recognizing and rewarding our officers who continue to do a great job. No doubt about it, COVID-19 had an impact 
on our ability to keep up with regular recognition ceremonies and events and the like. So I've heard that also loud and clear. And so recognition ceremonies and the like will be forthcoming and will be consistent. And that will be recognizing from, from fellow officers, leadership, as well as the public. When Chief Ferguson came to the mic, he reiterated the need for the public to back the blue. We also heard about them not being acknowledged for the good work and great work that they do quicker and more publicly. Uh, it's what they're looking for, and it's what they need, and what they, in my opinion, deserve. Absolutely, and they spoke about how the media, how you all, that came out front and center. Yes. You can help us with that. Yep, and, and, and I, I'll, I'll add to that. Yes. I recall the award ceremonies we've had. You don't show up. You, thank you. You don't show up. <laughs> I was going to say that. We, we invite you to the... We invite you to acknowledge the good work that our officers do, and we never see you. Never. But if they did something wrong... Right there. We have everyone on, on, on that scene. Yeah. George said the NOPD leadership is tone deaf. They're, oh, why are you focusing on all the negative things that are going on with the department? Why don't you choose to focus on the positive things? Well, I mean, who wants to hear about, you know, coffee with the cops when robberies, carjackings, and homicides are up X number of percent across the board. Like, no one really cares about that, you know, you had some admin officers show up to a Starbucks somewhere in the city and, and, and chat with, like, six people for an hour on a Saturday. That, that's, it's like, you're worried, you're focused on the wrong things. Um, essentially, you're worried about the color of the drapes when the house is on fire. The perceived lack of media support for the NOPD seems to fall under the umbrella of the overall attitudes toward policing, which the mayor said dramatically shifted after the murder of George Floyd in 2020. Even in a city that's quick to point out its uniqueness and how things run differently here, apparently New Orleans can be like any other city when it comes to people shouting, defund the police. The talk, the negative talk, regarding our department, regarding our officers uh, that were heard at a city council committee meeting on last week, it hit home. It hit home to the men and women that we depend on. And after hearing directly from uh, some of our officers about how the negativity impacted them, they began to wonder, really, uh, where was the support? Why was in our own city, we're feeding into the national uh, narrative around policing, around those who dedicate their lives, make the tough sacrifices to serve, were being spoken about in a negative light that made them and some rethink the profession and also um, rethink the level of support that they're getting, but also knowing what they deserve. This hit home with me as well. The former officers I spoke with said they didn't feel any overwhelming amount of public animosity. There's a lot of people here that do support the NOPD, you know. So I think overall we were very, very fortunate. I think we still are. I think people get frustrated with us, but I think 
we do have a lot of support, community support for the police department still. I think the support for specifically the, the NOPD has been essentially the same. Most people are just complicit. They're frustrated with the crime in the city. They're frustrated with uh, not having the response that they need whenever they do call 911. Um, so I think that they're most frustrated with just the situation in the city in general. It's hit or miss whether they like you or not. They Half the time they sh scream and will never call the police, but they're the first ones to call the police. And I think the people in New Orleans, by and large, appreciated what we did. The average citizen didn't like crime, didn't like their cars broken into. The mayor also made a point to say the staffing challenges at the NOPD is happening elsewhere. And again, public perception of police is a factor. There was a Senate committee meeting at the Capitol. The leaders had police officers and sheriffs of cities present, of those cities that wanted to defund the police. And they were there testifying in regards to how hard it is for them to hire up, how hard it is for them to retain, because the negativity, it breeds negativity. It has an impact. It's hard to deny that public scrutiny of police has increased after the murder of George Floyd. But there's another source of scrutiny the mayor and the ex-officers would agree has a more direct impact on the NOPD. But the biggest, I would say the largest, takeaway, and still again not new, but hearing it from those you depend on that's on the ground, it really was beneficial for me to hear directly, uh, were the constraints relative to the consent decree. Um, the consent decree handcuffs our officers by making their jobs harder, pestering them with punitive punishment, and burying them with paperwork that is an overburden. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In 2010, then-Mayor Mitch Landrieu invited the U.S. Department of Justice to investigate and reform the NOPD. The force at the time was still struggling with a tarnished image from Hurricane Katrina, with high-profile cases of police shootings, desertion, and corruption. Allegations of civil rights violations and misconduct lasted well after the storm. As part of what's called the consent decree, the department and its officers have had to work under the supervision of a federal judge and people called monitors. It's been that way since 2013. The goal of the consent decree is to make sure the NOPD is conducting professional, effective, and constitutional policing. The judge and the monitors oversee the NOPD's practices to make sure that goals are met. According to the mayor and many officers, the strict nature of the consent decree and its punishments has made a lot of officers hesitant about pulling out their weapon, chasing after suspects, and other traditional notions of policing. It was the main reason why Megan Silva left the NOPD this past spring. She served as a patrolman in the 7th District, primarily in New Orleans East. I wanted to be the real police and be able to chase 
and not fear that I'm going to get in trouble if I start a chase or pull out my weapon for it. If I feel like I need to pull out my weapon, then I wouldn't get in trouble. And you felt like you couldn't do that with the NOPD? Correct. Then there's Dave Liang, who was a New Orleans native. He retired in 2021 after serving 24 years with the NOPD. He's currently working for a small police department in Kansas. The, the disciplinary actions, and it is to, to this day, were, were absolutely draconian uh, uh, under the uh, consent decree. And they, they set up several levels of uh, punishing officers, things like uh, if you were late, late to roll call for whatever reason, it had to be entered into the system. Liang and several other former officers say the consent decree is part of a larger and less visible problem, the internal politics of NOPD. Liang described it as a brand of politics that's personal, vindictive, and territorial. Even though he is from New Orleans, Liang said the hyper-local culture of the NOPD can cause someone like him to leave his hometown. It wasn't about white or black for me because I'm neither. Um, and I was not treated like either. If, if you kind of understand what, what I'm saying. I, I, um, so I don't think if, if race was really a definitive or if that really made a difference for me, I'm, I'm not sure I could put my finger on any situation. The, the, uh, the problem with me was I was not a part of an established clique. I didn't see it as a racial clique. However, there was the legacy involved with the NOPD. If your father had served and, and had been like on the SWAT team, or if your father knew the rank, then you were going to get a good job. You were going to get a good position. When promotions came around, you were going to get promoted. When the slot on the SWAT team would open up, you were going to get on the SWAT team. That's uh, we, we would call it legacy. And that's one thing I absolutely didn't have. There's no family member of mine, even on my mom's side, that had ever been a part of the NOPD or city government at all. Liang and the other ex-officers said the best example of the NOPD's inside politics can be found in what's called the Public Integrity Bureau, or the PIB. So when an officer is investigated for possible violations of the consent decree, department policy, or the law in general, the PIB usually gets involved. It conducts the internal investigation, and the outcome can determine an officer's career. George and Dave Liang told me the problem with PIB has less to do with the number of investigations it launches and more with its selective nature and who becomes their target. Liang and George were both investigated by PIB, but were ultimately cleared of wrongdoing. The disciplinary process is not, you know, it doesn't apply to everybody equally across the board. It seems like one person's infraction is a minor slap on the wrist and someone else's same infraction um, is a fireable offense. Now, I realize that someone's past history, you know, Officer A and Officer B's past history might play a part in that, obviously, right? Like if it's the third time you've been caught doing something, you know, it's a little more um, serious than if it's your first time. But when officers of the same, you know, general assignment and, and, and everything else are caught doing the same thing and one person is written up and suspended and the other person doesn't even seem like they get any kind of 
repercussions, you know, it's like, what are we doing here? So for me, it was just a matter of time um, that I could see that if PID doesn't get you for one thing, then they'll make sure that if they can get you for something else later on down the line, you know, they'll get you for the thing they couldn't get you for the first time. In 2020, I had an anonymous criminal complaint called in to PIB, and they did the investigation. They investigated all my uh, payroll entries for an entire year. Um, probably the year would have been 2019 to 2020, and found uh, nothing wrong, nothing in error, certainly nothing, nothing uh, criminal, but nothing in error at all. So they dropped that. It was, um, I guess you would rule it unfounded as far as a criminal investigation. But after all of that, after failing, after them not promoting me, and I just get a criminal complaint out of nowhere that had no basis whatsoever of fact, I said, if, if I don't leave, something's going to happen. It, it's time for me to go. And I had 24 years by that point, so I left. Another former officer, who I'm calling Sam, told me he saw enough people getting unfairly investigated by PIB that he left after only one year on the force. Sam said he didn't want to become a target himself. It would have made it more difficult for him to leave the force. Some have called it retention through suspension. Sam resigned to avoid the possibility of that happening to him. So March 21 is when I left, and uh, I can say that I, I enjoy my job. I, I genuinely love where I work. I have a great time. I have a great platoon that I work with and uh, rank that supports me. Don't have to worry about it. And you weren't experiencing that with NOPD? No. Uh, like I told several people, man, um, I, I wish my biggest fear going to work at NOPD was safety of myself. Uh, it wasn't. <laughs> my biggest fear going to work every day was like, one, am I still going to have a job at the end of the day? Am I going to um, get arrested for like some outlandish investigation that either I was or wasn't? involved with that was blown out of proportion by the people investigating it uh there was just an overarching theme across all the the rank that ultimately it was protection of their position and their ability to progress in the department above the safety and well-being of the people that worked for them at the ground level of the platoon just so i make sure that i'm getting this correct so you're you were more fearful of sounds like the internal politics yeah. of NOPD and how that could compromise you as a person as a police officer as well more than you were fearing for your safety. Yeah, absolutely. Dave Liang put it more bluntly. I said it many times to many people that I worked with. We're not afraid of the bad guy in front of us. We're afraid of the rank standing behind us. Mayor Cantrell said she's heard the complaints about PIB. She said they're not new. PIB, again, not new, but this is also tied to requirements that have been longstanding relative to this consent decree that has had an impact over time. And so a thorough look at, and this has already started, over three meetings have been held over the past several months, looking at PIB, the policies, and the impact that it has on our department, but more importantly, that it has on our officers. This is ongoing. This is happening now. And it's been going on. And we will 
make changes according to the analysis and the input from officers that are embedded in this process. In her news conference, the mayor made far more mentions about media coverage of police and public support for officers than the PIB. The former officers I interviewed said if the concerns about PIB are not new to the mayor, then why have the problems persisted? Like, I'm still friends with several people who work there, and they tell me things, and, and, and I just I shake my head because, you know, some things have changed, but a lot of things have remained the same since I've been gone. And when you've been told repeatedly in exit interviews, PIB is a problem, PIB is a problem. The, the, the way that you enforce policy is a problem because it only seems to affect certain people. That's a problem. And you, you choose not to address that, but you rather want to talk about hair extension, colors, fingernail polish, growing beards, wearing shorts. To be fair, the mayor did address other issues, including getting 75 new patrol units, improving timelines for promotions, using tens of millions of dollars from the American Rescue Plan for Public Safety, and making another attempt to have the consent decree lifted. According to the police chief, everything is now focused on retention, recruitment, and resources. The city must somehow figure out how to keep the officers still left on the force, and as we heard at the top of the story, there's a strong belief that finding locals to join the force can help stabilize the NOPD ship. But if you follow what the former officers have been saying about the PIB and the culture of nepotism, then perhaps keeping everything local can cause some officers to hit the road. I will say a majority of the officers I interviewed that left the NOPD are originally from out of state, but all of them said they came to build a career and wanted to stay. A longtime NOPD veteran, Anthony Caprera, believes the modern crop of officers is more mobile and more able to get jobs elsewhere if needed. Caprera served 37 years with the NOPD before he retired last year. A lot of these young officers are from out of town with uh, degrees from places you wouldn't expect, Villanova, uh, Ohio State, places like that, wherever they came from. And they're here as a police officer on the street. I will tell you that the police force today is better educated than the police force that I went on in 1983, by far, by far. But this generation doesn't think anything of moving clear across country to become a police officer. And if it gets a little sticky for me there and it's a little harder than I thought it would be, well, I'll move somewhere else and go do something else. And I think that's a big part of it too, right? Regardless of where they're from, there's a valid argument in saying the NOPD is in no position right now to be picky about the origins of its recruits, especially when it's starving for more officers. There's always been a preference in New Orleans to stay local, and that's in general. But when a loyal NOPD supporter and native New Orleanian like Anthony Caprera is packing up and moving out of the city, it may be an indicator that some change is needed. As a resident of the city, I want to feel safe and know that if I call the police, a quality officer is coming out that I'm not going to be waiting forever for a police response. You are now a citizen. Do you have that concern? Yeah, safety is a concern. I mean, I would be lying if I said it wasn't. You know, absolutely it is. For WWL Radio, I'm Tan Trung. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.